0: From the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona, this is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics.
1: Welcome to Outpost Outspoken. I'm your host for this segment, Anna Henderson. This summer, two Army Reserve Officers Training Corps cadets spent three weeks at YPG. We welcome Maddie Hippenstill and Lauren Hernandez. Thank you for being here, ladies.
2: Thanks for having us, Sienna.
1: I want to mention that Army Reserve Officers Training Corps program is more commonly known as ROTC. So the listeners are familiar with the
3: program. Tell us what it entails.
2: We both go to college in different states. I'm from Pennsylvania, so I go to school at Bucknell.
3: Yes, this is Lauren, and I'm from Colorado and I still go to school in Colorado. I go to Colorado School Mines and over there I study engineering. When you
2: are in
1: this ROTC program, you are committing yourself to the military while you're still in college, is that correct?
2: Yes, we both are contracted, so we have signed our contract to the Army. We'll both do different training at our school. We have PT three times a week in the morning and we'll do once a month or so. I do labs at school. And then once a semester, we have a full field training exercise known as FTX. And this is like our culminating experience at school. And then between your junior and senior year of college, you go to advanced camp over the summer, and that's where I just came from. So that is where you get evaluated and ranked nationally, in addition to like your GPA and other extracurriculars you do. So that is kind of like our Super Bowl event for ROTC. And you also get other opportunities. Over the summer.
1: So, So you just finished that advanced camp and then you came directly to to YPG. So, this is you're almost at the end of of your training. Why YPG? And either of you can answer this question.
3: Yeah. So, this is Lauren speaking. And I chose YPG specifically because last year I already did that camp that Maddie was talking about. So, I'm also almost at the finish line. And then you get this opportunity where you get to apply for internships. So, when I'm looking at this um, list of internships that us cadets can do, I noticed that there were um, a bunch of different types, especially one that stood out was YPGs as it was kind of hinting more towards weapons testings, um, excuse me, and more vehicle testing. So when I'm looking at that list, it also had white sands and a bunch of different test sites, but I wasn't super familiar with y, um, YPG. So I did some um, looking up on my own and kind of saw all the really cool things you guys do here. So it's something that I'm pretty interested in might go into my career. So I wanted to come down here and kind of see what you all do, get the experience so I could go back home. And hopefully it'll eventually help when it comes to picking my branch and seeing what I want to do for my career. Now you've spent three weeks here. This is your final day.
1: Tell me about your experience while here. If you could describe it in one word, describe it. Each of you think of your one word and then we'll go into kind of what you got to do, what you got to see. Because I know that the the sentiment when other ROTC cadets leave is, wow, we didn't realize everything that goes on and really that this was something that happened with the
3: army's equipment. So your what's your one word, Lauren? Honestly, my one word would probably be unexpected. That kind of ties into what you just said. Coming here, you know, I was thinking, okay, we're gonna see some testing, we're gonna, I don't know, putz around, do some stuff, but it turned out to be way more than what I could have expected. There was so many different factors, so many different people that work here that you don't even realize. I mean, even being here in the city of Yuma You're talking to people and they're like, oh yeah, we weren't really familiar with YPG. So even as an outsider, I didn't know what to expect. Even though this is such a huge site, you really don't get to see from the outside what goes on here. So being here is very unexpected. Saw so much incredible stuff, it was awesome.
2: And Maddie, what is your one word? I would say mine is mesmerized. Similar to Lauren, I had no idea what to expect, but getting to be able to like be in the dirt and watch some of these tests happen, watch the development of different programs and trial and error that occurs. It's a great segue into our careers as army officers. And I'm like, super excited to see how we will interact with this equipment in the future. I was going to say my word was overwhelmed, but like a good (laughs) overwhelmed, we had a full pack schedule, we got to pick a lot of cool places to see a lot of amazing people to interact with. And it was just such a nothing I could have expected. And I was so overwhelmed with joy because of how great it ended up being.
3: Tell me about some of those things that you saw. Without going into like too, too much detail, like our first week here, we did a lot of briefings to start with. So that was the first thing we saw was a bigger overview of the site. So that's everyone's departments. Um, and that was actually super interesting. So we weren't even quite yet into the physical testing, but you get to really learn a whole lot about the site and the installation here. So whether that's the um, ammunitions or the x-ray techs and basically everything that goes into actually testing weapon systems. And then when it came to actually week two, pretty much, and week three, we had a lot more of that visual like, connection with tests. You mentioned that you got to fire something. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah Tell we, me about that. So, so um, We both
2: did? We got to arm and fire. During some of the actual test observations, the test officers and the gun crews let us watch them load the rounds. We got to pull the lanyard.
3: Yeah, so something that was really neat was um, our mentors kind of take us around to these different test sites, and the test officers are like, welcome, welcome, come check out what we're doing. Um, a lot of times they do us fire stuff, so we got to fire like some 155s that they have um, like setups in the back of like some paladins, but then we went to go watch the licks. so and we got right up next to it, like pretty um, perpendicular to the vehicle, and... It was, it was exceptional. I mean, you don't really expect a whole lot when you don't know anything about like Miklix and stuff like that, but you just feel um, that power and everything from the C4. It's, it's super exceptional. And to be able to experience that so close up at like such a young age and so early in my career. So
1: early in your career, like you said, there's people that spend their entire career and never get to see some of the Mm -hmm. uh, weapon systems that we have here at YPG. You mentioned your mentors. Tell me a little bit about them. What are their names? Where do they work? How did they mentor you?
2: We had probably the best mentors we could have. We were able to interact so easily with them. So our, our first week we were with Matt Hostetler and he's in the CASD department. He's a TO. So that's a test officer also for anybody who's unfamiliar with that term. We were assigned him because our initial mentor, Michael Torres, was doing a STEM outreach program in Alaska. So he happily replaced Mike for us and brought us around. He was the one leading us to like the different briefings. We got to see a lot of warehouses. He also got to see a lot of divisions that he doesn't normally get to interact with. So they would drive us around. We'd get to observe all these tests and meet a lot of the YPG community. And then the second week we followed around Mike Torres. He's also in the CASD department. He came to a lot of the test observations with us also this week. And he even got to fire and arm some of the, uh, the test observations that we got to, to see the live fires. And we also shadowed Luis Arroyo in Timo. And he brought us to work with some of the Marines that are here temporarily. And that was an amazing experience. We got to interact with a lot of military personnel. And we're thankful for Luis being willing to drive us around and teach us about his experience with
1: Which he has a long military career Mm -hmm. and did a lot of impressive things. So, I mean, it's just amazing that you were able to work with, you know, some of the younger test officers and then also somebody who is really a veteran, not only Mm -hmm. in the military, but in his career at YPG. Um, Was there anything else you want to say about your experience here at YPG before I let you go?
2: I also would like to say, since we're so young in our career, it's awesome getting to see the behind the scenes of like the testing now before we get into the Army. A lot of people normally get to see this behind the scenes later in their career. So it's a really unique experience being able to see the test observations, watch Live fires, ride in vehicles that we may never see in our career, but also to get that exposure and diversify our experience in the Army before we decide what we want to do. Because now we have all of this new experience picking branches that we might not have had before. So it's amazing getting to see that so early on.
3: And to kind of piggyback off of that, having this experience so young is, it really broadens your scope into just how much effort goes into everything we use. To be able to see everything that goes into making it work, getting it fielded, getting it out into soldiers' hands is truly exceptional. And if anything, it makes me put way more faith into the stuff that I use and I'm going to use one day because I know the faces who put the work in for this and put the effort in. And to see that back end of super passionate people coming here every day and meeting all these people, you know, I was a little worried about, am I going to interrupt their day at all? Popping in and being like, hey, can I watch this? But the fact that everyone we met was so welcoming and so excited to do what they were doing it was just an exceptional community. It makes you feel good about, you know, the stuff that we're using is in really experienced and like qualified people's hands. So that was, that was super reassuring.
2: Um, and something we're taught in the military is always like trust your equipment. So it's beneficial being on the other end and seeing, oh, I can trust this equipment like Lauren was saying. So that's something we'll definitely bring back to our schools, our units in the future. And I'm really super excited that I got this experience at YPG.
1: And I believe that's why so many people in the workforce are passionate about what they do is because they know the end result. They know that they've done everything they could to make a piece of equipment, some boots, a weapon system, whatever it is, you know, they tested it to failure so they can send it out to the warfighter and make sure it's safe. So ladies, thank you for your time. Thank you for spending the summer here and also what you are gonna do in the future for this country. So thank, thank you. you, and it was an honor and pleasure meeting you both. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, you too. I mean, this was,
3: this was pretty incredible coming to YPG.
0: Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. The second generation of his family to work at Yuma Proving Ground. Contracting specialist Derek Millis has seen YPG from multiple different perspectives volunteered extensively in the local community, and developed a passion for teaching sales techniques in his spare time. So you've been aware of Yuma Proving Ground most of your life.
4: Yeah, most of my life. My, uh, my dad has worked out here for 30-plus years. Um, so I remember just, I mean, YPG was part of the conversation. He got up early. Uh, worked Monday through Thursday. I thought that was a normal work day for most of my life. It wasn't until I was like high school age when I realized, no, most people work Monday through Friday, unless they're in retail or something, then they, you know, they work all kinds of hours. But yeah, I thought for Monday through Thursday was normal.
0: And your very first job at Human Improving Ground was in retail.
4: It, it was. I I was, uh, it's got to be about 15 years ago. I got a job. I was, I was only there for about uh, six months because it was part time, but. I got a job at the PX on the post side, main post side. So that was, I never really, I had come to YPG for like different like holiday parties with my dad as a kid or, or watching, you know, when the when the Golden Knights used to jump, come see that. Uh, but I never really knew what YPG actually looked like and how it functioned until I got the job at the PX and really interacted with everybody who lives out here and then the campsite and, all that stuff
0: and you've seen it from some other angles too you've worked at the airfield over the years yeah
4: so um, I like I said I worked there for about six months but my main career at that time ended up being in being in uh, in sales um, but I mean I made a shift and about uh, it was 2018 I ended up getting a job as a clerk supply clerk I think they called it at the LRC in the LRC. Um, it was a contractor position. That was a few months, and then um, one of the one of the government folks in the LRC referred me to their old position on the airfield as a supply lead. And so, starting September 2018, I was out on the airfield, and I was there until February of this year uh, when I moved into the uh, into the contracting office.
0: On your spare time, you do something very interesting. You teach. But what you teach is unusual. You teach sales <laughs> techniques.
4: Yeah. So, like I said, b- before I uh, before I started working out here, my um, my main career was sales. I, I got pretty good at it, um, and I was always used as an internal trainer because I was here in little old Yuma outselling people in Phoenix, Chicago, you know, Denver, all the other big markets. So they would send me to those big markets to see if I could help the folks over there. Um, and I, I got pretty good at, I realized I actually enjoyed teaching the selling more than I liked the selling, which is kind of a big statement because anybody who knew me knows that I, I really liked the selling. Um,
0: but the sales techniques that you teach, they have applicability beyond trying to make money giving a product to somebody.
4: Oh, absolutely. So I I divert from most of the standard sales training techniques that you'll find, which are which are really focused on convincing somebody that they need to see things your way Um, and so it kind of becomes more of an argument if you will a persuasion Um, whereas I feel like I've learned that people have emotional drivers and so when you understand that when you're relating to people and you understand that, that, that their responses the questions that they're asking there's something underneath so when you understand that you learn to start asking questions that help them kind of set the logic to, to the side and really dive into their own emotional drivers so they can define what is actually driving them to make the decision. So, but the applicability of it is when you understand that that's how people react, it helps in all of your conversations, it, it helps in all of your interactions. It, it, I, I teach, um, I have a men's group that I lead at my house. On Friday nights, um, through my church, I coach a uh, a youth soccer team. Like we're talking six, seven, eight year olds, and those principles apply in those settings too. When somebody says something, I understand. Okay, what they're saying, they're trying to express something. So let me find out what's under the surface, and let's deal with that. Let's identify that. Let's help them identify that, because once they articulate it, it's much more. It's much more effective to try to then lead them to a common solution together rather than try to pull them somewhere
0: and you've coached youth soccer for the last 5 years
4: uh yeah so i started when my daughter was 4 years old um it was i didn't plan on it i just entered her into soccer cuz she said she wanted to play cuz her older cousin was playing and um then we got an email saying that they didn't have a coach and if we didn't get a coach then they might not be able to play and you know and so I gave it a week and called the league and they still didn't have a coach. And I said, well, game start in two weeks. So I guess I'm probably it, huh? (laughs) So that's how I started coaching. Um, And so, yeah, I, I, I now I've been coaching her every year since then. My son, who's six, also started playing when he was four. So I've coached him and his age group for a couple of years as well. So for the last few years, I've had two teams
0: in the same league you played in as a S- youth.
4: Same league I played in YYSA. They've been around since I was. I started playing, I think it's six years old maybe, five or six years old, all the way up to eighth grade, I believe.
0: Derek Millis, it's really good talking to you
1: today.
4: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the forefront of Army Transformation.